0: the audio event of the century featuring two lifelong best friends we love the leafs we love each other but most of all we love william nylander welcome to the buds all day
1: Hello and welcome to the Buds All Day Post-Game Reaction Podcast. I'm Sats Mundine here with Lebda's Legacy.
0: How's it going, everyone?
1: And we are going to react and break down the Leafs' crushing 4-3 overtime loss to the Montreal Canadiens tonight, which brings the Leafs' advantage in the series to 3-2. They will have their chance to close the series out on Saturday in Montreal. Now tonight, the Leafs got two goals from Jake Muzzin and another from Zach Hyman, while the Canadians got their goals from Kachanemi, two from Armia, and the OT winner from Suzuki. Now, Lebda, I, I was so ready for for probably my greatest sports moment outside of the Raptors 2019 title tonight, and it was just taken right from my grasp.
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know what to even say about that one. To be honest, like. It just the, the game as a whole like to to the eye test and when i'm watching it and like being emotional like in in the moment it just like the leafs just didn't feel like we're they were there and then you know when we did our little post game here you, you kind of see the stats which i'll read off now like 62% deserved to win 62% high danger Corsi 4 50% Corsi 4 or possession and uh 56% uh, p- percent of the scoring chances for you look at that and you're like the leafs dominated and that's pretty much over three periods like they like the first period was pretty good the second period was was good and the third period was excellent but like watching it it just it seemed like they just weren't weren't there tonight i don't i don't know if it was just me and i'm like way off base but yeah it just didn't quite feel like it un, until obviously you know kind of the third period there i got to say i think it was just you man i
1: i was saying all along all, all we were just saying like they are they're generating chances they had like i don't know how many breakaways they outchance montreal like from high danger 7 to 2 in the first period and it was visible man like matthews set up uh neilander at the end of the first period and then right at the start of the third he set up hyman for a breakaway price just like willie had like i don't know how many chances off the rush like that one where he cut in and basically was face to face with price shot it in his glove carry price until that third period was playing one of the best games i've ever seen a goalie play like no cap and yeah like like I thought that the Toronto Maple Leafs played an excellent game tonight in my eyes and if they bring that same effort for two more games they're gonna win Carey Price like I said he had a great game until and then the third period he lets in obviously some were tipped there's this that the other whatever got screened he's I just don't think he can maintain that level of play for two more games and I'm sure we'll get into some of some of them with disappointing things from this game but as a whole if you look at the process, I think it was i think it was a well-played game by the Leafs. Sometimes you just don't get the breaks, and sometimes, as much as we love Jack Campbell, he just didn't really come through tonight.
0: Yeah, I, I think the difference tonight probably was goaltending. This game kind of had a little bit of that feel. Like, I don't know if you remember that one Winnipeg game where Hellebuck was just making crazy save after crazy save. I don't think prices were as kind of crazy of saves, but the Leafs still managed to win, and... He kind of did that and said, okay, like, you can't play much better as a goaltender. The Leafs still find a way to win. It, it kind of had that feeling of it, you know, when I was sitting there after the third period before overtime where, like, if this is – this is Carey Price at his best. Like, I don't think he can play much better than that. And the Leafs still almost won, if not should have won. You know what I mean? So, it does, you know, give me a little bit more faith going forward. Like, I'm not super down on this game like I was on game one where I'm like, ah, like, what are the Leafs going to do? It's just really, really unfortunate that the game kinda of had to end the way it did.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was definitely not a fun way to lose, but it's not it's not the end of the world. Um I see a lot of Leafs Twitter, a big segment of it are, are saying Habs in seven, oh woe is me. They're all spiraling, going into a just a, a state of depression. And I just wanna say if you're gonna jump off the bandwagon now, don't come back on because the Leafs are winning this series. Get real. I get that this game sucked. This was this was terrible. That Galchenyuk play was arguably the worst most at least the most disheartening play I've ever seen a Leaf make in my life. And yeah, man, I I'm not going to lie. I wanted to go bang my head against the wall for a minute there, but then I composed myself and I thought the Leafs completely owned the Habs just like they have in the other 5 games of this or the other 4 games of this series. Kerry Price stood on his head, and the Habs, again, barely won by the skin of their teeth. So they they need every single thing to go right in order for them to win against us. So I just don't see that happening three times in a row. It, it can happen once. Anything can happen in a one-game sample size. People talk about, oh, Montreal is going to have fans next next game. Like, 2,500 fans. You really think that matters? Like, you think that's all of a sudden the Leafs are just going to turtle into a shell because there's there's, like... A 5% full arena? Get real. Leafs are taking this. Let's be positive.
0: Yeah, I I think we talked a lot about where if the Habs are going to win this series, everything has to go absolutely perfect for them. We saw that tonight, and they still barely eked out a win. I mean, let's be honest. This was just a game of individual mistakes for the Leafs, not uh, like kind of reflection on their team as a whole is why they lost. If Rasmus Sandin doesn't play tonight, the Leafs probably don't lose that game. Right? He made two just terrible, terrible errors that a defenseman can't make in his own zone, and they ended both ended up in the back of the net. Jack Campbell probably should have been a little bit better, and they both uh, wouldn't have ended up in the back of the net. And then you see Alex Galchenyuk make just one of the worst passes I've ever seen an NHL player make now. Could he do that again? Absolutely. But when things are more individual mistakes and not from, you know, a team's standpoint where they, they got, you know, Outplayed by so much and just leaked chances like crazy all game, which the Leafs just didn't do tonight. It's no reason to really go and freak out. And now, I mean, yeah, fans, that's going to be a boost for Montreal. But the Leafs haven't played in front of fans all year too, so you got to think that is at least a balance out for the for the two teams. You know, people people love being kind of—I don't want to use the word underdog, but the kind of the villain in those circumstances where Montreal fans are going to be cheered so hard for the team. But that's going to give the Leafs a boost and they're going to want to make that building as quiet as possible, as quickly as possible and, you know, ride that kind of momentum. So I think that just cancels out for either team. Game of individual mistakes. It's really unfortunate, but it's no reason to start saying like Habs and seven or this Leafs team is the same of old or they suck, blah, 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 because they, they really are the better team. They truly are. I understand that, you know, heat of the moment, I, I'm as guilty as any of getting too worked up and. You know, I just need to calm myself down. Y'all just need to calm yourselves down. Ride it out. Go into Montreal. Have a strong game six. Hope the first line actually decides to show up. And, you know, (laughs) who knows? By Sunday morning, we could all be just be laughing at how stupid we were tonight. But, I mean, that's looking a little too far into the future. But, I mean, I I, I still have the faith, too. So, hopefully they can get it done in the next game. And we don't have to see a game seven. But I don't think tonight's good reason to really go crazy and lose your head.
1: I don't I I could not handle a game 7. Anything can happen in a game 7. I don't think it gets there. Um I think I th- I really hope that on Saturday night we're looking back on this like ha we got to go beat the Habs in front of their fans, embarrass them. And uh you know, we we stretched the round 2 series an extra 2 days so we can get our captain back a little bit quicker, a little bit earlier. It's going to be okay. And these are times where We'll talk about how absolutely awful he was on the ice, but we're having guys like Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza, Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian in that room is going to be so vital because they're going to they're gonna collect the boys just like they did after game one, and they're just going to come out, and they're going to keep hammering this process because you said it, man. The process was there for the Leafs tonight. It was just individual errors, and, and speaking of the one who made those errors, Rasmus Sandin. We all know what a talent he is. He, he's got great poise. He's so good with the puck. But sometimes he's just a little too poised. And I think that's kind of what happened on that 3-0 goal was he, rather than just making the, the Luke Shen or the Zach Bogosian play and just kind of ringing it out, make the safe play, get it out, he tried to be a little fancier with it and, and start the breakout. And Kotkaniemi capitalizes on that. Could Jack Campbell have had it? Absolutely. But I do think that that going into the next game, with Sandine being rattled I think you got to look at bringing Travis Dermott in there just because the Habs are as we know a rush team and Travis Dermott is one of the best defenders in the NHL in the neutral zone at controlling his gaps and, and limiting those odd man rushes so I do think that's a change Sheldon Keith's probably going to make going into game 6
0: Yeah S- Sandine can't play game 6 I'm sorry Rasmus maybe you can come into the next series and play you can't play game 6 um we remember that one just horrendous giveaway in the regular season. And we had mentioned it. You're like, we hope he learns his lesson there where he was just being too calm and too poised with the puck in, in a circumstance where it didn't call for that. And he didn't learn his lesson. It happened on the first goal where he just, he, he made a stupid pass to Joe Thornton. I mean, I don't know why Joe Thornton acted like he'd never seen a puck in his life before when it hit his stick, but not great from both of them. But Rasmus Sandin cannot make a pass like that. He, he needs to get that up and out or, or just make a safer play, and it's a young player doing young players' things. You go, okay, he's got one. Hopefully he doesn't do again, and then he didn't learn his lesson the second time. So now the only way he can learn his lesson is he needs to sit down, watch Travis Dermott play. If Travis Dermott's good, then I don't think Rasmus Sandin touches the game until the Leafs play badly. But again, you just have a young defender. He, he just needs to learn these things. It's unfortunate it happened in a playoff game, and he didn't really learn his full lesson in the regular season. But again, Young defensemen need to learn. So, you know, it's not the end of the world for his career. He's not also going to be a defensive pumpkin and, you know, turn into some big bust of a prospect. It's just you, the Leafs can't can't afford to have him learning any lessons in game six.
1: Exactly. They, I think Sheldon Keefe or, or some of the guys on the team just have to have a, a talk with him and say, hey, they, nothing personal. We still think you're an amazing player. We, we really see you as a big part of our future, but – we just got to go with the safer hand going into this because the ha- that's what the Habs need to score. They have an incredible amount of trouble creating their own offense and if if we don't give them offense, they're not going to make it. Pretty you look at every goal tonight. That first goal, exactly like you said, Sandine passes it to Thornton in a no man's land. Thornton has no idea what to do with it. Boom. Goal for the Habs. The second goal, it's kind of you know, just a grimy, greasy goal where it's rolling in front of the net and, and Campbell probably could have done better to to not, you know stay flat and, and stop that puck. Again, not a goal that you're really looking at the great creation of Montreal. And then third goal, we went into it. Sandine, if he just makes a simple play, it's an easy out for the Leafs. The overtime winner, Carl Chenyuk said, here, here's your free 2-on-0 in overtime. So if you look at tonight's game, the, the Habs did not create much at all. Jack Campbell had very few saves to make. So if you just limit those boneheaded plays, it's it's gonna be honestly, I think it's gonna be a cakewalk in Game Six. I think we put Travis Dermott out there, and I think I think we see another game that that is very similar to Game Four. As long as Carey Price doesn't decide that he that Patrick Waugh and Dominic Hasek and Jacques Plante all made a baby in a lab, and it came out to be Carey Price for that game because that's what he looked like in the first two periods. Hopefully, we don't see that. And one more thing that I would say is. Although this game hurts, but it it does give me more confidence in this team. I know we saw them come back against Columbus that one time, but this just kind of felt different. Like just it wasn't it wasn't a scramble like it was in the last 6 minutes that game they came back against Columbus and this one they just stuck to what they were doing. They were controlling the game. They knew that if they stuck to the process that things would work and eventually the bounces went. So I the the way they responded to that three nothing deficit just gives me a lot more faith too in how this team can can overcome adversity such as losing this game.
0: Yeah, and I think a good maybe thing to point out too is Erasmus sandy made those mistakes. He cannot make those mistakes. I'm not excusing him for it. But Jack Campbell wasn't good enough tonight either for the Leafs to get a to get a win in regulation and he had nothing, you know, nothing he could do on that overtime goal. But in regulation, like, he, he was one and a half goals saved in the negative above expected. Um, and you look at the second goal, like, he, I don't know why he, he covers the puck and we're not talking about this game. That one uh, Sandine one where it comes around and 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 it's right there again. If he's a split second quicker to covering the puck, and we're not talking about Rasmus Sandin being benched for game six and having a horrendous game. So, I I mean, Sandin, no excuse, but your goaltender didn't bail you out like he has done in the past. Again, nothing to really concern me going forward. It's just one of those things where that's how the Leafs are going to lose hockey games to the Montreal Canadiens because they're not an evenly matched team and their defenders and their goalie just gifted them some goals. But yeah, I think with the Leafs coming back, it, it really does show that there is character there and there is potential there. It's just unfortunate that they couldn't come all the way back and get the job done and have all that momentum going into the Jets series. But again, like, there's no real reason to not feel good about this team going into game six.
1: It just it just wouldn't have been the Leafs if they did it the easy way, you know? If they come back and they do the gentleman sweep, win in five, have the, have the most thrilling way, no, it's got to come with... Uh, the Leafs aren't going to get their first series win in 17 years without a little pain. And I know we had pain in game one, but you know, the hockey God just said, here, have a little more before we reward you with your game six win. And that is what I expect to happen.
0: Yeah. Game six is a, is a big one. And I I think it's a really big series for the Leafs first line. Um, I know their stats and stuff. Hasn't been too poor. I think Mitch Marner actually tonight had a pretty good game. He looked intense. He had a couple of really good chances. Zach Hyman, I think this is the first game of the series where I've been really, really impressed with Zach Hyman. I know all along their line, expected goals, possession and all that, they've been performing well. Uh, They're just not getting the results. They got a goal tonight. I I really do want to kind of say that Austin Matthews needs to really step up in game six. Uh, When John Tavares went down with an injury, I fully expected this team to be a one-line team in order to beat the Montreal Canadiens. I just didn't expect that that line would be the John Tavares line with Kerfoot, Nylander and Galchenyuk stepping up. Um, Yeah, I've really been kind of frustrated with Austin Matthews, especially tonight and this whole series. A a guy who's so talented and had such a good regular season and is such a good hockey player, he just... Honestly, like, Austin Matthews do anything challenge at this point for me. me, He's just, he's not getting it done right now.
1: Yeah, like, like you said, he does have the, he does have the advanced numbers. Like, like every single game you look at them, they're a minimum of 65% expected goals. Again, tonight, 65%. He had an assist on that, on that first goal that started the comeback. And he set up multiple breakaways. He was creating chances. He only had two shots tonight, though. It, feel, it felt like any any chance that happened while Austin Matthews was on the ice was going to Zach Hyman, Mitch Marner, and on the odd time William Nylander. You just want to see some chances fall to his stick. I don't know if that's because the Habs are keying in on on ensuring he's not the one to beat them, but whatever it is, is is he ha- he didn't really create much for himself tonight. I still I still have the utmost confidence in this guy. I am I, I'm not going to lie and say I'm not a bit disappointed with with how he's played but I do think that with with a bounce here a bounce there a little bit less worse goaltending or something like that all of a sudden you look at him he could easily have seven points right now so I think again it just goes back to the process keep the process going and I think it'll come for him I, ho- I hope it comes next game I just I, I do not need hey, a game I- seven. I-
0: I hope it comes too, but uh, to be honest, this is probably the only line on the Toronto Maple Leafs where you look at it and you go, just having expected goals and just having possession is not enough. I know it's like a little bit of a boomer statement, but if you look at like that Pierre Angval mckaev line, they have great expected goals and no points an entire series. You're like, you still did your job. Like you're still you're still good enough for this team to win. Like you're, you're contributing to the team in the way that you should be, right? By being good defensively and, you know, taking it to the other team a little bit. Where is with this first line, if they're not putting up at, at least a point a game in the playoffs. It, it's not good enough for me. And I, I don't want to be too big of, a, of an uncle or a boomer, but there's just something about Austin Matthews that just really rubbed me wrong tonight. And he just did not, like he didn't look engaged in the game and and I think he was a little bit propped up by Zach Hyman's excellent play and, and Mitch Marner to an extent. I know a lot of Twitter we talked about it the other night have been ragging on Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner was not the worst uh, performer on that line tonight, in my opinion. I just, uh, like, when your captain goes down to injury, you need someone to step up, and the fact that Austin Matthews hasn't absolutely stepped up and just clamped down and been like, I can win this series on my own, it, I, I don't know if I'm really concerned about him, like, not being a quote unquote like playoff performer, I'm just a little bit annoyed that he hasn't taken that on his shoulders and and kind of rolled with that and really given that maybe that little bit extra that he needs to do right now to to pop one and kind of break this little bit of a slide that he's on.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not concerned that he's not a playoff player. We we've seen it in the past. I mean, he coming into tonight's game, he had 13 goals in 30 career playoff games, so. Not not Austin Matthews' typical numbers, but still very good. And after tonight's game, after five games, he has 21 shots, so he, he's getting about four shots a game, and he's got one goal. Now, Austin Matthews, I promise, is not going to score one goal. He's not going to shoot under five percent forever. I think it is coming today. You you make a good point. He was a bit. I don't know if I'd even say disengaged, but that that might be the right word because I just saw a couple times and like. In his own end, like he had it, and he just kind of made a stupid, careless play, and it, and it led to them getting hemmed in their zone. Now, maybe that's just my eye test failing me, and just seeing the one bad thing and not all the good things. But yeah, I have I have a lot of faith in him to uh, to recover, and I'm I'm just hoping that that the bounces go his way next game. Carey Price has kind of had his number in this series, which actually goes against what it's been in his career, because I'm I'm quite sure that he's actually scored the, his most goals uh, against of any goalie against Carey Price. So you just got to um, hope that damn breaks and he gets up to his normal, you know, 16, 16% shooting percentage with with three goals on on three shots next game and, and get him back into the average. So that's what I'm hoping for. Now, you mentioned he should be the one who carries the team. He has not done that, but one, the guy who unquestionably has has been William Nylander, and again tonight, he was, especially in the first two periods like he was just phenomenal he every time he was on the ice he was creating a chance he was flying through the neutral zone just getting breakaways
0: doing he was doing everything William Nylander has you know taken John Tavares's production and his ability and what he does into the lineup, put all that on his shoulders and been like, I'm still going to be normal William Nylander. And I'm also going to add all this and, and, and carry that for the team. And he truly, truly has like without William Nylander, this series could look a lot different for the Maple Leafs. We just talked about kind of that Matthews line. Like they're, they're not putting up production and, You know, maybe if William Nylander wasn't scoring goals, they'd be a little bit more desperate, and they would score. But who knows? But at at this point with this series, the the Leafs really need to thank William Nylander. And honestly, that entire first line needs to buy William Nylander the biggest steak dinner of his life. Hi, welcome to Chili's. For, For really carrying the offensive load for the Leafs going forward. And I mean, you know, we're the biggest William Nylander fans, So it is really nice to see that Willie has elevated his game to that next level.
1: Yeah, and speaking of a, a next level in the playoffs, Morgan Riley, again, tonight, he was unbelievable. You could just see it flying all over the ice, making good defensive plays with his stick, too, I saw on numerous occasions. Uh, their expected goals on, with him and Brody tonight was 75%, so those two have, and Alex Kerford, I'd say that's the, that's the big threesome that has mm-hmm. just come out and taken their games to another level in these playoffs. And you just gotta hope that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner can reach that level too like you said Marner was pretty good tonight too um he was he was all over the ice so a lot of the chances like I said they fell on his stick instead of Matthews you just would wish it would be the other way around it was pro- it would probably have been like a five three win for the least but
0: yeah so- and, and 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 I do wonder a little bit if the fact that we see these chances falling on Marner's stick falling on Hyman's stick a little bit more tonight is the Montreal Canadiens and maybe a little bit of that Philip Deneau effect. Again, not an excuse for Austin Matthews, but I think that is maybe worth just noting that that this line for Montreal has been one of the best shutdown lines, you know, in the NHL for at least this year and and in kind of years past. So maybe there is a little bit something to it. You'd hope he'd break out of it and do that. But yeah, I mean, sometimes just a series isn't made for a player and that doesn't define who a player actually is. So hopefully that is the case. But, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's kind of just a weird situation where where the Leafs are winning in spite of it, so it's not a big deal. They didn't get the job done tonight, so I think it's just the only time we're really going to be able to kind of sneak a little bit of first-line slander in. So we'll, we'll see going forward. Hopefully they step up, provide that kind of level offense they typically do, and then when you have guys like Nylander and Riley that elevate their game so much, that that's when this team starts rolling, right? So... It, it, I'm interested to or I'm interested to see what does happen going forward once this team actually does kind of fully click. They have
1: another level to reach. That that's for sure. So and that's that's not even considering that that John Tavares could come back. Uh, who knows when? He he was skating today, um and he was at the game as well. So a lot of positive signs with his recovery. Now, obviously he's not going to come back in this series, maybe not even the next one, but They can get through these first two rounds without John Tavares if Austin Matthews can take it. He doesn't even have to level up from the regular season. If if we had regular season, Austin Matthews, this series would be done and dusted.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really important point to make that. Guys don't all of a sudden have to come into the play like that, or guys like that don't all of a have to come into the playoffs and be otherworldly because they were already otherworldly. They just need to do what they do best. Like these are really good hockey players. I d- I don't buy into the myth that guys just completely disappear from the playoffs or guys really raise their game into the playoffs. I think it's just more of a matter of they're able to play consistently how they normally play, and then sometimes you have a really hot streak in the regular season. Maybe that happens in the first round of the playoffs cool off a little bit in the second or whatever. Like, I'm much more by that kind of philosophy of thinking. But, but yeah, it, it, it's it's such a tough one that, like, or this Tavares injury probably should have derailed the Leafs a little bit more. And despite their first line not being the ones to do it, a lot of the rest of their lineup has stepped up and filled that gap, which is an interesting kind of point to make about this team there, something that we really didn't expect. A lot of times people get on the depth scoring of the Leafs, and that really has shown up, and I mean, if you have that depth scoring, and they can keep it up in the playoffs, and you add a, a first line caliber center like John Tavares in the third in the third round, like even if we end up somehow playing Colorado or whatever in the third round, like that boost is just going to absolutely take over the room. And again, like we say it, like if, if they find that gear and Tavares comes back, like we're we're going, man. Like we're not an easy out for the best of teams.
1: And I do have some good news for you, Lebda. Uh, with that Pittsburgh loss yesterday, it is actually impossible for us to play Colorado until the finals because um, the winner mm. of that uh, East division, I think it's called, with Boston and, and New York, they both finished behind the Leafs in the regular season. So we'll be slotted into that 2-3 matchup uh, with, with either Tampa or Carolina. Unless Nashville wins, Then it then it just becomes all all different and we we would face the winner of boston new york but that's a problem for another day the point remains exactly this this first line just needs to step up and we have all the faith
0: so with all that being said we know this is a real disappointing one it's kind of a tough night to sit here and think about so many positives or only think about the positive but we're, we're gonna move on and we're gonna move on to our stars of the game so uh sats i'll uh I'll let you fire off your star of the game first. Well,
1: somewhat of a consistent theme for me throughout these playoffs has been my praise of Morgan Riley. I'll be like my brother Mo. And that is going to continue tonight. He has been an absolute wagon. He's just all over the ice offensively, playing very, very solid defensively. Like I said earlier, making good plays with his stick. He he broke up some scary, like Josh Anderson was picking up steam, doing the literally the only thing he's good at and playing off the rush. And Morgan Riley said, no, no, no. So he had an 80, 85% expected goals tonight. Just the Leafs absolutely clocked the Canadians while he was on the ice. And... Uh, Like, like I said, if, if if these guys keep playing the same way, we're not losing three times in a row to these
0: really hard not to give Morgan Riley one tonight. I mean, he sometimes almost flies under the radar for the Leafs. I feel like in this playoffs where people are just so used to bashing him being poor defensively that now he's been quite good defensively and still providing that offense that people are a little bit more reluctant to, to, to give him his props when he, when he does deserve it. But I mean, I, I can't argue with your choice. And, uh, I think I'm going to personally stick with the defenseman theme as well and go with uh, country boy Jake Muzzin. Because I'm a country boy i got a four-wheel drive. The guy scored two goals. He was fantastic defensively. Had the lion's share of the expected goals when he was on the ice. Brought a lot of um, kind of soul and leadership to this game. Stepped up when the Leafs needed someone to step up a little bit offensively. Probably not expecting Jake Muzzin to be the one who did that. But he did that, and uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to look past how good Jake Muzzin was for the Leafs tonight. I couldn't agree more. He he would have been my
1: my second choice as well. You could you can't go wrong with either of those two guys. There, our defense is playing awesome, man. you're seeing you're just seeing the benefit of Kyle Dubas' investment into this decor by getting guys that are good two way defenders. Say for Morgan Riley, usually, but in the playoffs, he has been. But just guys that that are capable of moving the puck, that is why we are able to just control the expected goal share and the scoring chance share because Montreal doesn't have that. And we're seeing the the value and the importance of that. And Jake Muzzin is a great example. So what a trade by Dubas to get him.
0: A steal. Uh, truly one of the best trades, I think, in the last number of years. And a lot of people, again, it just weirdly flies under the radar how good of a trade that was like... We got Jake Muzzin for peanuts, man. Honestly, like peanuts. Maybe some of those, you know, prospects are turn out to be decent NHLers, but Jake Muzzin is a legitimate number 1 defenseman on on a very, very good team like the Toronto Maple Leafs and you got him in and the leadership he provided tonight scoring those goals and stepping up. Like hat, hats off to Kyle Dubas, man. Absolutely hats off to the guy.
1: Hats off, and hats off for getting the veterans that are going to lead these boys to victory and keep the mood in the room good, because that is what we need right now, and that is what I know they are getting. Now, moving on to uh, final thoughts. I do have one thought. Speaking of the veterans, Joe Thornton, we we love him. Uh, as a guy, as a hockey player, not as much. I know I picked him as my star of the game, but that was more because I wanted to hear that Jumbo Hot Dog song. Um, he hasn't been very good lately. Today, 8 minutes Really tough show for him, but but if, if Keith's going to keep him in the lineup, okay, just play him five minutes, whatever. Sheldon keep get him off the power play. Having him on the power play over William Nylander, when Nylander tonight, honestly, if you put Connor McDavid's jersey on him, I would have thought it was Connor McDavid the way Nylander was playing. Joe Thornton on the one power play we had just did nothing until he got the puck and he passed it to nobody to clear it out of the zone for Montreal. And then literally the next play, Willie hops on and immediately gets a great chance. So... Sheldon Keefe, play William Nylander on the power play, and at bare minimum, do not ever, ever let Joe Thornton set foot on that again.
0: It's a a joke at this point, to be honest. The fact that Joe Thornton is still getting number one power play minutes in spite of William Nylander, it it makes no sense. Because at least before the Tavares injury, you are like, oh, we just want two balanced units, blah, 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 blah. And now now there's no excuse and, it, and it's not like it's firing and it's not like he's using joe thornton in the proper way joe thornton is best behind the net using his big old booty to shield guys and make dangerous passes to players he's in the slot doing nothing and it, it's got to be age because i've watched some joe thornton games in past years and he had really nice hands he has absolute grenade fingers for the leafs right now and it is really annoying because we we talk all the time about the benefits of Joe Thornton, Jason Spets in the room and stuff like that. But if Nick Foligno comes in for um for Game Six and is healthy enough, Joe personally Joe Thornton's the one I'm taking out now. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Adam Brooks is definitely going to be the one that comes out, but. Joe Joe Thornton really, like we talked about Austin Matthews, Joe Thornton's probably the number one candidate where he actually needs to step up his game or else we need to kind of leave him in the dust a little bit and hope that he's as good in the room while sitting in the press box as he is while playing.
1: Yeah, the saying sometimes goes, if he's good in the room, leave him there. And we might be nearing that point with Joe Thornton where maybe maybe if we just sat him for these couple games or whatever, we we bring him in every two or three games against the Jets and maybe, maybe he has some legs and he can play with a little bit more energy. But right now the man just, he looks every bit of 41. He almost looks like he's 51. And I don't want to get too, too down on the guy because he came here on a, on a, you know, a minimum contract. He wanted to win a cup for the hometown team. There's nothing against Joe Thornton and, and nothing against him. Even as a player, he's an exceptional player. It's just not everybody can do it at 41 anymore. And it's clear that he can't. So Kiva is going to have some tough decisions to make if this team ever gets fully healthy. But with that said, uh, that about does it for me on the podcast. All I will leave you guys with before, before I sign out here is keep the faith. Do not get down. This team is going to win game six. We are going to face the Winnipeg jets. We're going to run them over and we are going to win the cup. Okay.
0: Now, if you guys did enjoy the podcast, please uh, tell your friends. We're trying to get lots of momentum going with the playoffs. Uh, follow us on Twitter sats does a lot of great work on that twitter account i you know chip in with some you know horrendous tweets myself every now and then but it's a good place to kind of keep up with everything we're doing whether it is the podcast whether it is youtube whether you just need a you know a chuckle mid-game because something funny happened or you know a little bit of a calm down before the game definitely check us out there uh if you do are willing and you do enjoy the podcast leave us a review on whatever podcast hosts you do um listen to the podcast it would mean a lot and like i said before share the podcast with your friends we're trying to you know reach as many Leaf fans as we can and, you know, really interact with you guys and, and keep this kind of, you know, fun playoff time going for, for everyone. So that'd be that'd be super awesome. And uh, with all that being said, Sats, I know we already had our final thoughts, but is there anything else you need to get off your chest tonight? There's one thing, baby, and that is that the Bugs are all day. Let's go.